0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, man, do I have the best deal for you. How about going with my friends at Online? This is one of the busiest times of year. College football, NFL, hockey is starting, NBA upcoming, baseball playoffs soon as well. Plus, hey, the Ryder Cup so you can lay some money down on Team USA as well. 50% off. Your welcome bonus today with Bet Online. Head on over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. It's a 50% bonus up to $1,000 with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is the website. BetOnline, where the game starts. Fall is simply football season, and fans across the country are hoping that preseason hype leads to postseason success. In the NFL, we'll see if early Super Bowl favorites like the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Bills can hold off up-and-comers. And And college football fans are wondering if Georgia will make it a three-peat, or if top-ranked challengers like Michigan or Florida State can take home the national championship trophy. The college football and NFL seasons are defined by big plays, Injuries and coaching decisions as a football fan. I also want to hear about the behind the scenes and off field stories that shape the season the football interviews and topics you hear on the ML sports platter are shaped by lessons learned at St. Bonaventure University the online master of arts and sports journalism at St. Bonnie equips reporters and hosts for digital storytelling across the sports world. Students learn how to tell compelling stories through digital and traditional platforms. They are also encouraged to envision the future of sports journalism with their capstone projects. This 100% online degree builds on decades of academic excellence, and I'm a proud Bonnie, and I can tell you that you can join me in a growing list of notable graduates, including the New York Post's Mike Vaccaro and ESPN's Raina Banks. In fact, you'll hear from an accomplished alum or industry expert, during video masterclasses in each course, contact an enrollment advisor at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com today to learn more about the online master of sports journalism. That's sbujournalism.com. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you. All over the major platforms, download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by CH Insurance, Bonnet Sales and Service, and our great friends over at Stanley Law Offices. Stanley Law Offices together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. And don't forget to uh, support their partner, Music for the Mission, who also supports the ML Sports Platter uh, as well. Uh, Everybody over there does such a great job, Angela, Joanna, and the whole gang. And there's an unbelievable event coming up in Central New York if you're in and around uh, the area it's Sunday October 8th from 4 to 7 o'clock uh, they're going to have music and a heck of a lot more raffles silent auction you name it unbelievable stuff going on uh, the mixtapes and thrift store gypsies and a bunch of other musicians it's rock and groove for the good and uh, again a lot of music a lot of fun a lot of laughter tickets are $10 in advance and 15 bucks at the door and proceeds will benefit music for the mission in support of the homeless and hungry in Central New York, and you can go find them at musicforthemission.org. That's musicforthemission.org slash news events to purchase your tickets. Uh, It's just an awesome, awesome uh, cause, and I really appreciate Stanley Law Offices and Music for the Mission and their partnership with the ML Sports Platter. All right, let's get right to it here. Uh, This is a Syracuse-Clemson, or I should say Clemson-Syracuse because Syracuse was the home team, uh, recap here. And look, going into the game, said it a million times, a million times, we as Syracuse people under the Dino Babers era, you know, when is the hurdle, the next hurdle going to be, you know, jumped over, right? When When is the next thing, right? Because they do this all the time, you know, whether it's a strong start and then facing a big time team or... Uh, belief, like halfway through the season, no matter what the record is, is last year they were undefeated, for God's sakes, through the half, halfway point, and, you know, they lose five in a row, and then they save their bacon, beating BC at the end, and then, you know, obviously, uh, winning against Boston College, they still go, go to a bowl game, and, and I think for Syracuse, you know, the climate, Northeast football, the way college football is now, I've talked about it, you know, until I'm blue in the face, I think seven and five, no matter how you get there, um, you know, you're going to go through trials and tribulations during the season. But I think no matter what, if you go 7-5 and, and you have really key, solid wins, I think that's okay. I think Syracuse at 7-5, 8-4 is okay. Um, before I recap the game, too, there is another thought that there are a lot of people who think that Syracuse doesn't belong in the ACC, okay? And I'm here to tell you that that is completely not true, okay? That is completely and utterly not true, okay? Okay. There are a lot of teams that don't belong in Power 5 conferences. There are a lot of teams that are there for one reason and one reason only, okay? It's called football. And when the Big East was dissolving and everybody was moving to the ACC at whatever time, Miami, BC, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, okay? Syracuse had one place to go. One place to go. You know, and Syracuse fans, I've told them, you're, you're lucky you're in the ACC because now you've got some, it makes sense, you know, regionally. Right, geographically, regionally, etc. It makes sense, uh, at the time of the move you had, you know, Coach K and Roy Williams and all these big time head coaches and Rick Petino and now you add Bayheim to it. You know, the basketball part, it kinda it's not the old Biggies, it's not the old old biggies, it's not the old 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 old, old biggies, but it was the closest thing to it because you had all these other biggies teams, plus you had Tobacco Road Powers, which coincided with your basketball power. Now, they're an elite program where Syracuse is a great program historically, but it's still a phenomenon and it's still the bread, you know, the 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 bread that, that, that definitely is buttered, uh, you know, the main bread that's buttered. So, you get the point, right? It, it was a logical move compared to, oh, I don't know, moving the football program to the American Athletic Conference uh, along with the basketball program, right? And what do you want to do? You want to play East Carolina, UAB, Tulane, and Memphis every year? So, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Now, you look at the ACC and you want to tell me that Virginia is good enough to be there in football? They're 0-5 as I record this podcast. Wake Forest? No. Not really. They're up and down all the time. Pittsburgh? They're having a down year. I mean, you could say this about a ton of teams. BC's not good enough to be there, but they're there because of football. Georgia Tech? Same type thing, right? They're not that good. I mean, do the Houston Cougars, Cincinnati Bearcats, and UCF on a normal basis belong in the Big 12? Probably not. You know? Does Indiana ever really belong in football in the Big Ten? Not really. How many struggling seasons has Northwestern had in the Big Ten? Plenty, you know? Has Arizona, Stanford, Arizona State, UCLA in most cases really belonged in the Pac-12? Not really, right? Until recently, Vanderbilt, well right now Vanderbilt's 2-4, and four, but until recently, right? Vanderbilt and Kentucky? Did they, did, have they really belonged in the SEC? Not really. I know Kentucky's having a great year, but that's not normally the case for 15, 20 years, 30 years. Any any Anybody knows that. So I think everybody needs to be careful. Like Syracuse can still go 7-5, 8-4 in the ACC. There are a lot of coin flip games. There are a ton of teams that they can still beat in this conference. You know, the coin flip games are where Syracuse's You know, schedule still remains, whether it's successful or not. You know, you can yell and scream about blowing games against Clemson, which they did, and I'll get to that in a second, but I had to get a couple of these things off my chest first. Like, Syracuse's schedule still comes down to, can you beat BC, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, Wake, right? Those kind of teams. Those are the teams that you're really measured up against. Because technically, in most cases, the Big Ten is Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and everybody else. The ACC should be, on most occasions, Clemson, Florida State, and everybody else. There's usually a surprise nice third and fourth team. Do they challenge? I don't know. Remember the Kenny Pickett-Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, North Carolina this year. There's the Ohio State team, uh, the uh, the Big Ten team, excuse me, excuse me, that maybe shows up once in a while. The Big 12, you know, as we know... Um, you know, should be about a couple of teams. And once in a while, TCU shows up. This year, the Pac-12 is absolutely absurd, but normally it should be Oregon and, you know, pick your second team because it's been all over the place. But you get the point. Syracuse as a Northeast team with a rundown garbage facility in the JMA No Wireless zone in a terrible climate weather-wise, you know, where students, why would you ever come up here? Recruiting against a ton of schools in the South now. Uh, losing recruits from the Northeast just because that's the way the climate goes. We have Midwest teams coming into the East. We have East going to the South. We have Penn State winning kids from California. We have the NIL. We have the Transfer Portal. We have all these different challenges already. And now you add all these other layers to it, You know, which again, aforementioned NIL and Transfer Portal, those things are challenges for everybody. But Syracuse, it's more of a challenge for them than a lot of other programs. I would probably say more than... I would say more than 150, 200 programs have a leg up than Syracuse in the NIL and transfer portal world. That doesn't mean you can't get players. That doesn't mean you can't compete. It just means that there's a challenge there. If you take four, five, six recruits and they're good enough as three or four stars to play at 25 to 40 major programs, why are they ever going to look at Syracuse? Ever. Never, 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 never. So all of those challenges go against Syracuse. That doesn't mean they can't compete. It doesn't mean they can't be within a possession or two of Clemson. It doesn't mean they can't knock off, you know, a big ranked team on the road. It doesn't mean that they can't win at Purdue. It doesn't mean that they can't compete with Virginia Tech, Miami, Boston College, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, Wake. I mean, Miami so far down the last several years that Syracuse should be able to hang with them. So, I'm telling people right now, like, you should be able to compete in the ACC with most of the teams. Many of these teams are coin flip games. Your schedule should not be dictated on Florida State on the road and Clemson, period. Even if you blow the game. Now, to Clemson, Syracuse. Dude, oh my goodness. How frustrating is it for Syracuse fans right now to go into a season, high, high hopes, all the crap that we always talk about, you know, hey, if they win three of the first four, if they gulp can beat Purdue on the road and beat everybody else. Army is going to be a tough game, blah blah blah. If they can find their way to three and one, at worst. But holy crap, four zero, they're really set up, and they can beat Clemson because they're down. This team, Clemson, is really good. However, Clemson, this is not Deshaun Watson's Clemson Tigers. It's not Trevor Lawrence's Clemson Tigers the names on the D-line are not all-star names like the Clinton Farrells and the Shaq Lawsons and all those, Christian Wilkins, those type of players, but God, that's a great defensive line. It's the best defensive line probably in the ACC. Uh, It's between them and Florida State, and it's certainly one of the top 10 defensive lines, I would say, across America. And I realize that there's talent. It's still the brand. It's still the program. It's still Clemson. It's still big boy football. It's still Dabo. It's still all that stuff, but You had an opportunity, Syracuse, again, again, to kind of bury a lot of the things that have happened in the past, to finally go and win a game against Clemson and have the country turn the eyes towards you and go, hey, this team is maybe for real. And they laid another egg, the turnovers. We know Clemson's talented. We know there's NFL players. But you can't give a team like that help. Turnovers, mistakes, not taking advantage of opportunities. How about the first possession? Uh, The fumble. Set the tone for the game, did it not? Garrett Schrader made a really nice play scrambling for yards. Tried to do too much. As always, he's still running the ball too much. And it cost him. Hit by a defender he didn't see. Popped the ball loose. Boom. How about two possessions later? Subpar pitch, obviously. Really average pitch. But it was dropped by LaQuinn Allen. Another fumble. Then you had... Two or three, I thought, easy interceptions. At least one of them would have been a pick six. At least one. Syracuse also committed nine penalties for 92 yards. Garrett Schrader missed a ton of throws. There were a ton of times when Syracuse's wide receivers in this game, whether it was Valari or Damian Elford up the sidelines or Donovan Brown or whomever, Syracuse has long, langy, rich, good route runners with great hands. Normally, normally. Uh, Actually, I shouldn't say great hands. Solid hands. (laughs) Because they've dropped a lot of balls this year. But when you hit him in stride, on occasion, they've been known to make the amazing catch and drop the easy catch. Well, when you throw it to him deep, I'm going to take my chances. The problem was Garrett Schrader, that was his worst game throwing this year. It was horrible. Horrible. They had Clemson corners and safeties beat in so many, so many, so many places. Up the sidelines left and right. First, second, third, fourth quarters. All game long. SU's receivers were beating Clemson's D-backs all game long. And Schrader missed him. He threw outside. He threw to the sideline. He threw over the sh- No, no. He should have thrown inside. Inside to the target. To the basket. To the catches that we all know, which are called basket catches. To the arms. To the cradle. To the chest. Inside. When they were beat on the, on the sidelines, they being the Clemson D-backs, if Schrader had just thrown to the inside a couple of times... Syracuse has at least one touchdown. So when you take those throws and you take the miscue, six, you know, pick six, sixes that weren't, Syracuse may be left twenty-one points out uh, easily, easily. Then Syracuse is rallying late in the game, and a poor interception, horrible decision by Schrader, you know, was was absolutely the the cherry on top. You can't do those things against the top team in the conference and expect to win. You can't do that. Can't do it. Right? You just can't do it. Now the receivers. You know they dropped a lot of balls in this game as well, um, and you know you're at home. You can't make excuses for that. You're 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 on your home turf, um, and a couple times when they did make nice catches, they couldn't stay in bounds. Uh, they couldn't get la- you know they couldn't get separation. Even on those aforementioned throws, I said about Schrader throwing it to the outside part or you know over the shoulder as opposed to inside. There were times where Schrader would throw a ball that was still probably somewhat catchable, but because the receiver had no separation in terms of being able to go up and get it, uh, you know, it was one thing or the other, right? It's chicken or the egg, right? So, you know, we had questions going into this game. You know, Gas Gasson, top weapon, Isaiah Jones. You know, again, without those guys, it's, it's tough sledding, I get it, but holy cow. I mean catch the ball, get some separation at least once in a while, will you? I know those other guys are four or five-star guys. I know, but gee whiz. Offensive line was terrible. I know Clemson's D-line is elite, but there were times where Clemson's guys actually just came in untouched, right? And you could clearly see that Dabble and the staff, um, you know, they watched the Florida Florida State tape from the week before uh, when Florida State was down seven. Um, You know, Clemson had gotten a punt return into FSU territory. And Clemson should have scored on that drive and they should have put him away. They should have won the game. Instead, you know, uh, Klubnik does not see, and I don't think Klubnik's that good, by the way, but Klubnik takes a blitz from, uh, you know, his his strong side, not his blind side. Guy comes right at him. Ball goes on the turf. It gets tossed, tipped around here and there. Florida State picks it up and they run it back to tie the score and then eventually get to overtime and, you know, Coleman catches that awesome throw by Jordan Travis. The game's over, right? Um, Florida State ends up winning it in overtime. Um, they clearly watched that because there was a blitz on Schrader in, 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 the game where Clemson came in untouched. There were certain things that, uh, you know, guys were coming in from all angles. There were spies, there were disguises. Uh, there were a couple times the O line fell asleep. I mean, you're falling asleep against a top 10 defensive line in America. You got problems. And Clemson had only six sacks on the season coming in, but man, I mean, they came right in there and they sacked SU five times and it's another team You know that is just super strong up front. Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, three in a row here, and this was the first one. Um, On occasion, though, the blocking was decent. You know, with protection, and also LaQuint Allen had some nice holes at different times, um, and they really probably could have gone back to him a few times, but they didn't, um, and it was just really, really, really difficult. Um, I thought SU's defense was pretty good. I really did. Um, You know, all four touchdowns Clemson scored came off SU turnovers. you know, obviously the two fumbles in the first quarter and the interception in the fourth. And, and, and you know, that horrible game management deal by Dino Babers rushing the field goal unit on and, and missing that kick in the second quarter. I, I mean, that's basically like a turnover. And I think Mike McAllister was the one who said it. I read an article uh, by him. He's totally onto to it uh, uh, there. Because, I mean, the turnover was an unbelievable play by Farmer. Uh, got the play, uh, you know, sped up and all the rest. Once the receiver h- had made the catch and delivered that great hit, um, ball comes loose. You know, Clemson offense had really one long drive on their own without without the help of you know Syracuse's offense, and it resulted in the three points. But you know, you you've got to be able to you've got to be able to do more there with that field goal. I mean, my God, either 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 just go for it or or pin them, Uh, try to pin them because at that point the defense was playing pretty well for Syracuse. They were aggressive. They were doing their thing. Syracuse defense held Clemson under four yards per carry on the ground. I mean, how much more do you want? They had three sacks. They had thirteen tackles for loss. They had a forced turnover. Uh, It wasn't. Perfect, but I thought that, you know, they did a serviceable job. The problem for me was Syracuse gave up way too many third and long conversions, right? There were too many chunk plays in the passing game. Uh, They dropped interceptions, and, and the third and long, I mean, it was brutal. If they could have just gotten off the field a little bit, I think the defense long term, you know, I think Syracuse might have been able to help themselves to win the game basically on defense because they couldn't get off the field literally starting from the beginning of the game to the end because of the third down conversion rate if they had gotten off the field a couple times and then a couple late you know those things matter in a game like this so um anyway I'm going to talk about what's next for Syracuse here on the ML Sports Platter they fall to Clemson here on the recap 31 to 14 and uh I'll get into the Syracuse schedule and what's next and, and more here on the ML Sports Platter brought to you by our great friends over at Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company. Log on to stumbleandmonkeybeer.com before your next visit. Pick up some uh, awesome swag at Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company. They've got awesome red ales on tap, the IPAs, sours, and seltzers, and more at Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company, a proud ML sports platter sponsor over there uh, on School Street in Victor, New York, in the Western New York area. A lot of people travel, man, for the breweries, and uh, why wouldn't you with the Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company? They have a mug club benefit as well. Eighteen and a half inch ounce mug for larger pours. Every day you get a free pour per month, and complimentary pour for new beers on weekend of release, and two dollar off uh, growler fills as well. You can sign up for just hundred bucks in the mug club. Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company out there in Victor, New York. Make sure you uh, visit. And uh, grab some brews, grab some flights. Check out the IPAs, the Red Ale, the, the the Brown Ale. Spectacular beer. Some of the best beers I've actually ever had in my life. StumblingMonkeyBeer.com for more information. That's StumblingMonkeyBeer.com. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to Trey Woluski of Under Armour Golf. Bonded sales and service. Barks and Rec, Doggy Daycare, and Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. Stop by, of course. Remember, Cicero under construction for a little bit. you got to stop by the Clay location in Central New York if you're in and around the area. Tenders and nuggets, fries and mac and cheese. Chick-fil-A, they'll cater your lunch as well and check them out for breakfast. Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. More SU football talk next on the MLSP. ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by the Al and Angus Pub and Welch and & Company Jewelers. So what is next for Syracuse football? Pretty simple. Keep playing games, man. Carolina is going to be a really, really hard game uh, for Syracuse. you got to deal with a guy by the name of Drake May, who's going to be a top five, probably quarterback uh, taken, uh, a top five draft pick, I should say, and quarterback taken in the upcoming Uh, NFL draft. He has just been nails this year. He's got 1,187 yards. Uh, The Carolina Tar Heels are 4-0 this year. Um, He's accounted for only 5 touchdowns, actually. and He has thrown 4 interceptions. He does hold onto the ball too long at times. So Syracuse, I would blitz them like crazy in the 3-3-5 if I'm Rocky Long. He has been sacked 9 times so far this year. Um, You obviously have a major, major problem, though, with a lot of weapons that they give you. Running it, RPO stuff, they've got a million guys who can catch it and run it. You don't know where the ball's going. A lot of direction, uh, change, uh, uh, pre-snap motion and all the rest. Jones and McCollum, they don't have a lot of elite guys. There's by no means a Keon Coleman type of receiver that Florida State has, for example. But they got a lot of guys who can run it and throw it. And they have a lot of options in the RPO game. Mack Brown and his offensive coordinator and all the rest. They do a lot of motion, a lot of pre-snap movement. So Syracuse's defense is going to have to be on their game. Obviously, a lot of the things that we just talked about in terms of Clemson are on the table here, man. You know, like the defense needs stops. The offensive line has to play better. You know, Turnover game, the red zone, uh, all those different things. Uh, Miscues. Again, when you're playing really good teams, you can't give them more help. And that's a big thing. That's a huge problem in the Dino Babers era. So we'll see what happens here with this game. But it's a 3-30 game at North Carolina this week uh, in Chapel Hill. Florida State is after that. Obviously, a top-five team in the country. A team that has gotten away with a a little bit here this year, but yet by the same token, they've also looked dominating at times. Uh, they nip Boston College. They could have easily lost that game when BC came back. They should have lost the Clemson game. Uh, they were nip and tuck with LSU to start the year, and then they just rolled them in the second half. Now the schedule really gets easy for Florida State. They got Virginia Tech at home. Uh, they've got Syracuse at home. Those should both be complete and utter, just whitewashes. They have number 19 Duke at home, but that should be a win because the Noles at home should bury Duke, and I don't like the matchup there for Duke. Wake on the road at Pitt. Miami at home. North Alabama at home and a bad Florida team on the road. Florida State should roll now. The toughest part of their schedule is over. They got away with the Clemson game. They rolled LSU in the second half. This team, Florida State, should pound on teams the rest of the way and end up playing for the college football playoff if all goes well in winning the ACC. This is where we're at. I mean, they played Clemson early. I think that's a huge benefit because I think now Clemson might roll and you know you're you're not going to get them in the regular season in terms of when Clemson is going to be a much better team and if Florida State can win out which right now I expect them to do so Although focus is still a problem, yeah, it was a problem even when Bobby Bowden was winning national championships. It's been a major problem, uh, you know, in, in the past. But if Florida State can win out, you know, they should play for the national championship. The question becomes, who are they going to play now that the divisions are gone? Uh, you know, it's top two go right to that championship game who's it going to be is it going to be Louisville that stays up or Carolina can Clemson come back to the pack that's something to watch here as far as the Syracuse situation Gauntlet continues at Carolina at Florida State Syracuse hoping to hang on for dear life even if they lose these two games you got to rebound there at home big rebound game you're going to you got to win that game at home against BC you got to win at Yankee Stadium against Pittsburgh You know, you're 6-3 and at that point. Again, I feel like that's where your bread is mostly buttered. If you're Northeast football, a program like Syracuse with all the challenges I spoke to earlier in the podcast, then maybe you split the last two games and you know what? Well, oh well, right? Like to me, that's still a relatively successful season, even if you lose all the games in the gauntlet because of who you are. Let's say, worst case, you come out of here 4-3. and Uh, Well, actually, you know what? You got to go at Vatek too. I forgot about that game. Who Syracuse, oh baby. All right, let's say worst case scenario, you're 500. Because I, man, winning these road games, I think is going to be hard. My prediction right now as you hear this podcast is Syracuse loses three in a row. Um, I think they really needed that Clemson game. Um, So let's say they lose three. Virginia Tech isn't very good, but it's a road game coin flip. Let's just play worst case scenario. They lose all these games. Hey, if they beat Virginia Tech, good, voila. But they're definitely, I think, going to lose at Carolina and at Florida State. I'll be shocked if they win either of those games. Let's say they even lose at Vatek because it's a road game, night game, you know, like Blacksburg. You never know what the hell is going to happen there. And you're 4-4 four and four at that point. Okay, now you regroup. You come home. Problem is, mentally, we know what happens with these Babers teams. Once they start losing, it just you fall down the hill very, very quickly. However... Let's say that they come home. They have a rebound game and beat BC. They beat Pitt at Yankee Stadium. Now you're six and four, and you split the last two, and you finish seven and five. To me, again, seven and five, eight and four—that's the consistent target. The occasional nine and three. Try to be the Kirk Ferentz, Iowa of the Northeast, considering all the challenges. And I think, as an SU fan, you should be okay with that. If you're not okay with that, I think you might have unreasonable expectations. If you are demanding, requesting, expecting hyperbole, the hype, and uh, ten wins every year you got to go find something else to do because it's just not realistic for Syracuse football it really isn't the program is not the same it will never be the same people need to start getting with this reality even when they start 3 and 0 or 4 and 0 and win on the road against the Purdue you got to look at reality period End of discussion. Thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter. It's all over the major platforms. Please download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by our great friends over at Rosie's Corner, Brewerton Ace Hardware, Bowers & Company, CPAs, and Jam & Beats. Hey, if you need a DJ and you're in and around Central New York for a private party, a wedding, whatever the case may be, Jam & Beats, go to them. cnyjb.com, cnyjb.com, the official DJ service of the ML Sports Platter is and Beats. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. This is Joe Convertino Jr. at CH Insurance. Over the years, the Orange have set a great example of teamwork, and it's what we strive toward every day with our talented team, clients, and partners. Follow us on social media. Go SU, we're in your corner. Thank you for listening to Believe.